So uh, this is Red Flag Poetry sitting down with the author of April's poem. The poem is Nude Mail with Echo 251, and we're sitting with Darren Demery. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Darren, uh, we like to start off by asking the poets what the most significant piece of mail that they've recently received is. Um, well, we got uh, a wedding invitation to my sister-in-law's wedding. That was pretty cool. Right on. Yeah, yeah. Do you have, uh, do you have any mail? So, so the aesthetic for Red Flag right. is that, um, you know, we really like, we really like the idea of mail and traditional mail. And that's, that's an awesome example of that. Um, the idea that, you know, you don't get, you don't get invitations via, via sure. email still, right? Get invites so, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a fad for hot second. Yeah, yeah. Evites. Evites. Um. <laughs> So do you have, uh, what about thinking back? Is there something that really sticks out to you uh, as an important piece of mail for you? Um, some, some of the times, uh, some literary magazines will still include nice handwritten notes with acceptances and things like that. Right. And you always tend, tend to hold on to the, the pieces of paper where you're called some sort of superlative. Like, these poems are brilliant. Oh, I'm going to save that. Yeah. For yeah. the hard times that might be ahead. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so a- a- anytime you get a handwritten note from a friend or um, with this with this last book, uh, The 19 Steps Between Us, I, they, copies got mailed to Taiwan and, and Africa and sort of all over the place to different readers that had bought them and, or wanted uh, signed copies and things. Um, so when you get handwritten notes back from those people who read them and enjoyed them, you always sort of save save those things. So the, the, the hard copy mail uh, comes with it um, much more importance than congratulatory emails. And um, even even when I've gotten different books picked up and things like that, I don't think I, I've saved those emails. But the, the, the small lit mag that sent me a really nice note about the poem that they picked up, uh, you know, you always save those just because it, it's nice to have them and hold them. Right, right. That's all. Maybe we should start doing that. Yeah, no, I, I think <laughs> that's, that's a good idea. Yeah, actually. that's... Yeah. Um, great. Uh, so could you tell us a little bit about Nude Mail with Echo 251? And this is a part of a larger series, correct? Yeah, um, it's actually the longest one. I tend um, to work in sort of a, a project sense. Every every so often I'll put together a manuscript that's sort of a potpourri of different kinds of poems. But more often than not, I'm working sort of with uh, an outline of a much longer sequence and sort of where I want it to go. Um, so I have a book called The Pony Governor that's a collection of political poems sort of geared towards Ohio and our governor and things like that. And I think that was about 142 poems in the sequence that got edited down uh, to make the book. Um, New Mail with Echo, I've got what I think is a final version of uh, that manuscript done now. Um, But it started out um, with 342 poems. Wow, that's a lot, yeah. So by by far the longest one I've done, they're normally somewhere in the 120 to 180 range. Um, I've got uh, a book coming out, my next one from 8th House, called uh, Many Full Hands Applauding Inelegantly is the book. Um, and it's three book-length sequences under one uh, cover. And sort of, uh, it's like, right now it's 250 pages. We'll see how... Sure. Uh, Pretty long for a poetry book. We'll we'll see how it sticks together. Sure. Um, but normally I'm able to sort of outline where I want it to go and how I want it to work, and then I can sort of pick apart the poems and fit them in um, into the best what I think is the best manuscript possible. Not not trying to edit it into one seamless thing, but sort of picking and choosing and removing poems to get um, sort of the momentum and energy that I want. 
Sure. Um, nude male was by far the sort of the, much, the biggest undertaking where I had an idea of something about uh, aging and about uh, sort of uh, maleness and how that changes as you get older. And I'm obviously not like an old dude, but I'm 35 now and sort of that first stage of getting older. Um, And so I was able to sort of map out uh, all the changes from sort of the end of youth to adulthood and and had a a nice uh, outline put together. Uh, that I was able to keep to uh, uh, pretty pretty close to what I what my goal had been and all the different things and sort of the different movements in that many poems um, and I think the edited version of the manuscript really only has about eighty or ninety of them um, but it's got it 's got a lot of pop to it i think it 's got a lot of good energy great um, how, so sorry, yeah. how long did it take you to put to to generate three hundred poems like what 's your your style like in that sense you know um I think that was about three or four months. Um, I'm really sort of a working every day um, kind of poet um, where where it's um, a a normal output for me um, is, is a, is a thousand or so poems a year. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of work. Um, But it, but it's something uh, where I've, I've had uh, sort of, I'm, always sort of planning and setting up the next thing. Like I've, I've got this sort of uh, list of ideas and I try to work through different things and I've written some things that have required research. I wrote, uh, my second book was called Temporary Champions. It was a book about the title fight between Ray Mancini and Duke Koo Kim uh, that resulted in Kim's death in the ring on national television. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was writing other poems and it took three or four months of research and actually learning how to write about boxing because I've, you know, I played some sports growing up, but I never boxed. I don't know anything about boxing. So I was able to do the research before I got, to, you know, to writing those poems. I wrote, I've got a manuscript about when uh, they blew up one of the original casts of Rodin's Thinker mm-hmm. up in Cleveland. I, I'm in Columbus. And so up in Cleveland, the one outside the Museum of Art there was blown up in the 70s. And they decided just to put it back up, blown up legs and all. Wow. Uh, yeah. Because it was one of the original casts. It was one of 20 that he had sure. done. Sure. Before it sort of became a business where he kept making anyway, and then obviously yeah. he died, so they couldn't replace it. Right. Um, but while I was researching that, I was writing other poems. Sure. Um, so at this point, I've sort of been working like this for four or five years, enjoy it and enjoy the pace and the productivity of it. Um, and if you cut down to sort of, uh, it's it's worked for me. There's been success in the poems and success in the books. Um, and I, I feel productive all the time and that's, that's, that's difficult for me to let go of right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well now, so since you've mentioned that, that seems like a really great and productive writing habit for you. Um, that, that daily, daily writing. Do you have any bad writing habits? Um, I fall in love, uh, with phrases and words sometimes Mm -hmm. and it'll be, um, it's sort of like an, an ongoing sickness sort of thing where I'm aware of it. I know I'm doing it. And that it eventually will stop. Like I, some sort of antibiotic will come into my system and I'll stop using it. There was um, a phrase, flat black and gold, that I fell in love with. And I was aware of that about once a month I was using the phrase flat black and gold in a poem. Right. But I knew it and I could go back and remove it and find something else. Right. Uh, but in terms of bad habits, it's it's really sort of the ear for different phrases 
um, that when I that when I'm working, they'll I'll be like that's that's exactly the spot, and I know I'm doing it, but I can I can sort of fix it later on. Great, yeah. Well, that might even lend itself to the kinds of series um, of poems that you write too. Yeah. So yeah, and well, and you've got to have different markers, and you've got to sort of uh, sort of call and response in different mm-hmm. sections and bring things back, obviously. Um, and one of the ways I do that is I'll create a different um, sort of playlist for each project sort of as uh, audio cues mm. and things like that. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too smart to think that some of this writing isn't a physical thing and that you can sort of trick yourself into it. Sure. Um, like one of the ways, one of, one of the flaws if someone were to be like, well, I want to write like this and write every day and be productive every day, the difficult thing is to the, actually do it, mm-hmm. right? So like I uh, really only ever have sugar, when I'm writing, mm-hmm. like I'm not a big dessert guy, but I'll have a piece of pie or something when I write. It's really one of the only times I ever have coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you throw in those physical cues to me that it's time to write, my body s- sort of kicks into it. And then I use audio cues and different kind of musics to sort of keep on that pace. Because yeah. I feel like it's sort of holding on to the tail of the dragon. And if I lose my grip then who knows, I might have just wasted the first 150 poems because I can't find a way to end it. Right, right. right? So fi- using those sort of things uh, and whatever talent I have, I'm, I've sort of programmed myself into these things to be able to do- pull off what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because poetry is such is, it, it's not necessarily a short kind of an art form, but it, it lends itself to brevity and it lends itself sure. to those snippets and but you're talking about projects in a way that someone would talk about a novel or yeah. or a play, something like that. Well, and and it, the the poem that, that you folks chose and we got to use in that in that gorgeous postcard uh, was a short poem. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them I tend to work um, in somewhere between three to probably eighteen or twenty one lines is normally my cap. Right. Occasionally there'll be poems that are longer. Um, I think my, my last book, The 19 Steps Between Us, essentially was in 19 sections. They were all poems that were two to six pages long. Okay. okay. But that was a rarity for me to, to work in, in sort of a form that was that long. Um, so the, I have to have that sort of structure mapped out because I'm not sort of taking a chapter worth of or an arc in one poem. So I'm trying to find the abstracts that carry it all the way through right yeah so do you prefer to see your poems um one at a time like on the postcard here do you prefer to see them in the collection or in the in the grouping that you wrote them or which you wrote them for and that happens sometimes where someone i'll i'll send out a submission and there'll be the three poems and they'll want to put them together and they can work like that right um they might not work as well as when i've got the final manuscript put together because I can sort of I can change the flow of things. They're meant to be able to stand singularly. They mm-hmm. can do that, um, and then uh, I don't do any of the editing to them until it's time to sit down and put like the whole manuscript together. So you might pick up a three palms where they just don't quite work together, even though they're number three hundred one, three hundred two, three hundred three. Um, maybe that they wouldn't quite be as seamless as if I have taken 302 out 
and then added 307 after that, right. and so on and so forth. So sometimes they might, uh, when the whole sequence might get picked up in a magazine, it can maybe fight itself a little bit. But they're, they're intended to stand up on their own, and then once I put in a lot of extra work to turn them into the, the manuscript, hopefully they can even grow and, and do more. Sure, sure, that makes sense. Well, let's, um, let's talk about this particular poem for a minute, uh, 251. Um, when you wrote this, did you have something, a visual to go along with it? And then how does that pair with the image that we chose? Yeah, I think that this particular question generated from, because when we, the reason that, uh, this poem was selected out of the other ones, because they were all great, was that we just loved the way that this poem contrasted with our format, because we very often, like, uh, printed, uh, poems on the, uh, uh, landscape setting yeah you know and i was like oh this is this is great that we can do this on this portrait setting and it was just that really interesting and then in concert i mean they played off each other well yeah um in my head whenever i'm thinking landscape it's it's because i've lived in ohio almost my whole life I, i i've got different sort of scenes in ohio um that play out and i thought the picture that you folks picked worked great because you you picked a spot that you would assume would be one of great thought when you think of uh, sort of calm water um, and sort of the land coming to an end, in fact, you've got the little 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 wood jetty there, the little thing you could, you, you know, maybe a kid would sit and fish off of. Um, you, you picked a spot that would be for, for great thinking and sort of the, the kind of questions I was trying to ask in, in uh, Nude Mail with Echo just because it becomes, it's a, it's a reflexive process trying to figure out um, the, when you write a collection or a sequence of poems, it's ostensibly about the male body aging. Um, the final questions you're asking is, how, how is my physical body uh, morphing as we get closer to death? And that's a sad thing sure. to think about, but it's, but it's a process that begins sort of once your consciousness does. Um, and so I, I thought the picture that, that you picked worked really well with that scenario. In my mind, I've got maybe a dozen or two dozen sort of pictures of in Ohio that when I think landscape, that's sort of um, where where my mind goes. But that's just because I'm here. Yeah, yeah. And we were actually really happy with the way that this turned out ultimately because we end up, we choose the poems before we choose the artwork. And sometimes it's harder for us to get our hands on original artwork. And we've, in the past, we've had to use something like Creative Commons, but we don't like to. We like to feature original artwork and, and, sure. and artists. But So sometimes sometimes it's hard for us to find... We don't have art to choose from in the way that we have poetry to choose from, because um, as, you know, as, as you know, all you have to do is walk out into a field and scream, I'm a publisher, and you're never going to be lonely again. You'll have some people running for you. But, um, but it doesn't seem to be the same for art, at least not the way that we've approached it. Um, right. Well, and you're trying to thread a needle a little bit there. I mean, it's, it's sure. difficult to do what you're trying to do. Sure. And, you know, the poetry is what's important for us, but we want that aesthetic, too. So we choose the poem, and then and then we try really hard to find artwork that matches. And this, I think that the whole team was um, was pretty much on the same page with thinking that this is one of the best one of the best combinations of, of poetry and image that we've had in, in uh, quite some I time. Went, I, I mailed mine right away. I got mine off my... <laughs> Great. So, Great. Refrigerators next to the pictures of new babies and so on. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say that, like, it's, to, to speak to Wesley's thing, that this is one of the easiest ge- generative uh, 
situations. I, I, we usually go through two or three different drafts. Here's a picture of something we could do. Here's something else. With yours, I think we went through this one. Yes. There might have been, <laughs> yes. there been like one other moment in which we were like, well, there's this other image, and then it was just, nope, this is the one. So sure. it was very easy. Um, I love those meetings. Those meetings are the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. Um, so we covered a lot of the things that we wanted to talk about. Uh, I think that something that's still relevant. So how did you get started into poetry? Maybe, maybe the first poem that you found yourself, um, I guess, obsessed with is, yeah. is the word that um, we're looking for. Or and and then how did that shift you into being a poet? <laughs> um, well, I went um, I went through high school convinced I was going to be a professional baseball player, and then and then proceeded to get hurt pretty quickly. Um, and so right after I got hurt, I got into some of sort of the great novels. I I mean, the first one that someone put in my hand was catch 22 and that sort of set things off for me. And so when I went, I went to the college of Worcester for undergrad, um, immediately started taking classes, um, in, in these English classes where I was getting great poetry put in my hands instead of the great novels. And the first poem that really caught me in in college was Robert Creeley's The Whip. Okay. Um, that was that was the first one that sort of grabbed me. And sort of almost simultaneously, I was handed Robert Creeley and Charles Simic. Um, and that sort of, you know, the, the poetry that you go through in middle school and high school is normally not the stuff that gets you to stand up and go, whoa, that's what poetry can be. Um, but the, the, really, the first poem was Robert Creeley's The Whip. Um, and then really fell in love with Charles Simic for a long time. And then when I went to grad school, you've got the people that really uh, are sort of tapped into what's, uh, you know, the ecstatics are doing in, in, in the current uh, landscape. And they're throwing everything at you. And you find 100 people that are more brilliant than you thought, you know, you could ever find. And, um, and then once you've been in writing long enough, you get to meet some of the people and you sort of find these little pockets of um, people doing weird and wild things that you didn't know the way it could be done. And, uh, but really for me, yeah, it all began with, uh, you know, I spent a night turning in bed. My love was a feather. Um, uh, I actually, for a, a line from that poem, uh, I taught a workshop down in, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee with my friends at, uh, Sundress Publications and, uh, Sundress Academy for the Arts. And, and it was entitled, Ugh, How to Write a Love Poem That Doesn't Suck. <laughs> Awesome. I, and, and sort of all from that that line uh, in the Robert Creeley poem where he's he's in bed with a woman who loves him and above him is another woman who also loves him. And they're sort of going through this process together. And the only thing the woman can say as she's rolling around in bed is, ugh. <laughs> and right. Creeley ends the poem by, I think to say this wrongly. Because <laughs> he's in a situation that's completely untenable. Yeah. Um, and when I was 19, 20, and still to this day, I get excited about that poem, but when I was 19 and 20 and every situation was untenable with women, that poem, (laughs) that really made sense to me. So great. Um, that's wonderful. Um, so I'm going to, uh, we're going to do something new. Uh, do you mind if I take a selfie of all of us? Okay. All right. Um, and then I'll end with a question. Um, do you do you take selfies? You know what? I've never taken a selfie. This will you've, be exciting for me. You've never taken a selfie. I've okay. been involved when other people went, "Hey, Darren," and I'll go. Right. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm always afraid I'm going to break my phone. Like I'm right. going to throw it or something. Sure. Sure. Well, maybe um, 
maybe we'll get you a selfie stick soon. <laughs> um, but all right, yeah. So we'll post this sure. to the page. <laughs> all right, here we go. Awesome. That's gonna be fun. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So I mean, basically, right now we don't we don't we have a Tumblr and we have a Twitter, but we've never had a Facebook page and. We're trying to figure get it out started. some way yeah. to get it started, and that's, that's going to be on it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Red Flag Poetry interview with poet Darren Demery about his poem Nude Mail with Echo, number 251. We really appreciate you checking out the, this interview and all the other ones. Um, make sure that you check on the uh, Tumblr, the Twitter, and start following us on our new Facebook page so you can see that selfie of Wes, myself, and Darren. We've got a lot of really good things coming up in the works uh, between Red Flag Poetry and Red Flag Press, so make sure you, uh, you stick around. Thank you.